Welcome to the SiouxlandSportsInsider.com college podcast, Big Ten, Big 12, presented by Firehouse and Docs. Should be a crowded house down there this weekend, Mitch. Um, you know, without any further ado, let's just cut to the chase here. Um, obviously, game day made the announcement before you and I did. So, uh, pretty big game going on in Ames, Iowa, visiting the Iowa State Cyclones this Saturday, 3.30 kickoff. Um, you know, huge game, can't be understated. Um, what, what's your initial thoughts on this game and how things played out last week to present a game like this uh, with, with game day in town? Uh, it, it, last week worried me a little bit, um, and I talked about it earlier um, on our last podcast too. Uh, just the way that UNI plays, and, and I knew Iowa State every single year um, for the past, I think, four or five years starts off the year, has just under 300 yards from scrimmage on their first game and usually plays flat. Um, and I, like I said, I don't care what – you said in the QB room, in the front office, anywhere from the line, anything like that, it's how you're going to show up and play on Saturday. And they came out and played very conservative, which worried me, um, just because you and I is a good enough team to where if you play too conservative, as we saw, the game could almost get out of hand. Um, you know, and I think that they just were, were playing it and they, they knew that they had the game in hand. The defense played, I thought, extremely well, besides maybe a missed tackle or two. Um, really had that game in control, and then the offense just didn't want to expose too much of the playbook um, and scored just enough points to beat a really good, honestly, a really good UNI team. Um, now you flip-flop over to the other side, and I think a game that's going to be close with Indiana, how they finished the year last year, mm -hmm. and with Iowa kind of figuring out who Spencer Petras is, um, that game was totally uh, got away from Indiana real quick. I mean, credit to Iowa's defense, two pick sixes. They were all over the field um, there, and then they played really mistake-free football. Um, I don't think Spencer had the best game that he could possibly have, uh, but still to put an absolute thumping on Indiana, you know, goes to, to show that Iowa came to play. They weren't overlooking anyone. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you look at back the last five, six meetings, Iowa has controlled this uh, this game you know, with the last meeting being in Ames for the last game day since they didn't play last year. Right. Uh, and it all came down to a muffed punt. Yeah. And those are the things that Iowa State's going to have to clean up. Um, they had no turnovers in the game against Northern Iowa. Their special teams unit played exceptionally well. Um, I, it, it was funny. I was at the game. You saw some dads actually cheering, um, a, a more of a sarcastic cheer when the ball went out of the end zone. First time <laughs> I think I honestly – 10 years I've seen a, a free a kick go out of the back of the end zone for, for an Iowa State team. So uh, that was kind of funny to right, see too. Right. So cleaned up a little bit of what they had, issues on special teams, and really established themselves well on the defensive side of the ball. You just need to see that last piece mm -hmm. of the puzzle come together in that offense, which we know can. Mm -hmm. We've seen last year, you know, uh, with Brees Hall finishing, I think, fifth in the Heisman, Brock Purdy with his all of his uh, – um, you know, accolades that he has at Iowa State. The one thing that worried me is when they came out to, in warm-ups, Charlie Kohler had a uh, his ankle wrapped. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the, he's coming out of a, a great season where he was one of the top tight ends in the league, mm -hmm. um, has a chance to be even better, had a chance to even yeah. go to the draft if he wanted to. Right. Um, and to have a big player like that 
in a boot, didn't see a single snap again in the UNI game. Mm-hmm. Now, again, is that precautionary reasons? Do we need him, obviously, in Big 12 player rather than a game against UNI? Yes. Yeah. But it still worries me that the big player on offense that people have to scheme around mm-hmm. is sitting on the sideline for the entire four quarters. Yeah. Um, now, they said that he was went from limited in practice to full practice as yeah. this week's gone on. Um, so nothing really. So he's practicing. Yes, he's okay. practicing. And Orion Vance went out with an uh, injury. He's back. He was practicing um, as well. So if a fully healthy Iowa State team comes to play, it's going to be a lot for Iowa to to yeah. game plan around. Yeah. But Kirk Ferentz is Kirk Ferentz, and we know they're going to come to play. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, 22 uh, laps around the sun for Kirk this year, and um, like you know, you and I off the air talked talked earlier. He's kind of seen everything that could possibly be thrown at him. But uh, from, from an Iowa perspective, I was pleasantly surprised last week. Um, I, I was at the spring game. I happened to uh, get to know um, Iowa defensive line coach Kelvin Bell um, off the field a couple years ago. I worked for um, a company called CoachCom, and there was Glazier Clinics where um, we would sell our headset systems to – Division one schools, high schools, and uh, I actually sat in and got to hear him speak for the first couple times. And I think he's an excellent defensive line coach. And you know, I bumped into him um, after the Iowa open practice spring game, whatever you want to call it. And you know, I asked him, I said, "How are the young kids coming along on the defensive line?" And he said, "They're coming along. They're young. You know." So I I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw last weekend as far as getting pressure upfield and forcing uh, Penix. You know, he's, he's came off knee surgery. He didn't look real comfortable, but they did a good job keeping him in the pocket, and he wasn't going to be, you know, he's he's not necessarily the run threat that he was prior to surgery, but I, I think that Iowa defensively, you know, stayed within the game plan and kept him in the pocket. So overall, I was impressed um, with the Iowa defense. Um on the other side of the football on offense, you know, again, I, it, it's a thing where um, Spencer Petrus is going to take them as far as they're going to go offensively. So he was 13-27, and 27, 145 yards. To, um, in his defense, there were three or four drops that should have been caught. But, uh, you know, it, what I'm looking at statistically is Iowa um, from last week in the 34-6 win over Indiana – you have uh, Laporta tight end, five catches, 83 yards. Um, you got another tight end coming in behind him, uh, Luke Lachey, who's who's a good prospect. One catch, 15 yards. But you know you only saw four catches from the wide receiver group, um, and that's that's going to have to improve if I was going to continue to get better offensively. Um, you know, for so long they've been able to rely on that defense. It looks like. You know, the defense is is dependable this year, but uh, you know I'm still waiting for Iowa to take that next step offensively. And um, you know, Iowa State uh, coach John Heacock, defensive coordinator, um, he he throws a lot at folks defensively, and Iowa State's known to be probably the best defensive team in the Big 12 Conference. So um, it's going to be a straight up dogfight Saturday and. Uh, you know, I, I just happen to think it's one of those games that's going to come down to turnovers, field position, um, 
you know, Iowa State looks to be strong in the kicking game, too, when I took a look. Um, you, know, you have a Saley, um, place kicker, and then Andrew Melvis must be your lo uh, longer distance field goal kicker. Uh, they were three for three. Caleb Shudak was two for two last week um, for Iowa. So, um, you know, not really any chinks in the armor there if somebody's looking for an advantage there. Um, you know, I, Iowa, eight of the last nine losses um, that Iowa have had have been by one score. Um, 25 points or less scored against Iowa in 26 games in a row now. So, uh, you know, that defense has been something, a rock that, that, they, can, that they can really depend on. Um, so this thing, I think, it'll be punch, counterpunch the whole way. Brees Hall, 23 for 69 last week on the ground and what I thought was, you know, they probably took five or six plays into that game. It didn't look like they really showed much. I'm not, I'm not a guy to, to jump off, you know, there was four quarters played by Iowa State. There was four quarters played by Iowa. You know, this is game two for each team. So you're really going to look and see um, where the advantages might be, and I just think it boils down to turnovers and taking care of the football. What's your thoughts um, where, where this game might break? No, definitely. I mean, if you're even to, if you're talking about an Iowa Iowa State game, this this rivalry um, has had a couple games that have gotten away from either team. But you know, last you know even few years, you talk about turnovers, and that's a huge thing. Iowa State in the last meeting that they had in College Game Day was in town, really a turnover away from winning that game. A muff punt, Iowa recovers, wins by one. Um, and, and you talk about this this the defenses on both sides. Iowa's defense is always top-notch in the Big Ten. Iowa State's last six games is allowed seven points or less in in the second half. Not this right. just in, in – okay. um, so they allowed zero points uh, in in their game against you and I. Again, going back to the Oregon game, it was three points. I think the most they allowed um, was against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. That was seven points. Mm -hmm. um, so – if 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 we're saying anything, it's to bet the under for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, the uh, the main thing is it's all about what defense is going to create a takeaway for their offense to capitalize on, and it's going to be the biggest thing. You know, I don't think that either one has the advantage on defensive takeaways because you have a, a defensive um, ball hawking really and in not no pun intended mm -hmm. with Iowa's um, defense you know mm -hmm. I think they lead the league in uh, in picks the last I think it was like six or seven six years. years yeah just a ridiculous number of interceptions that they have so they they really like to keen on the ball and you know they have a lot of guys that have even gone on and played in the NFL too um, and Iowa State's defense with throwing the fits of not running a traditional, you know, style of defense, it, it really is hard to game plan for. Yeah. Um, and I really do think that it's going to go down to who has um, – and I think it's only going to be one turnover. I really do. I think mm -hmm. both teams on offense are going to try to take care of the ball as best they can. There's just going to be one hiccup, and I think it's going to be probably th late third, early fourth quarter when it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously me voting my way, I hope it goes in Iowa State's way, and I know you're going your way. I hope it goes in Iowa's way. Yeah. Um, but that's just what it's going to be again this year. It's going to be everyone's going to play a solid game, I think, through three and a half quarters. There's going to be that one half quarter where someone takes their foot off the gas or looks the wrong way, and yeah. the other team's going to take advantage. Yeah, it really could be. And I mean – one kid that really impresses me for Iowa State from a defensive perspective 
is Mike Rose at linebacker. I think he's terrific. Um, he's a obviously he's a future NFL guy, and you know Iowa's really going to have to know where he's at on the field. And I, I'm impressed with with Iowa State's defensive front. Um, you know Iowa, you're going to have to grind in the in the ground game. I don't. I noticed last week that Brees Hall had a long run of was 12. I know Tyler Goodson got loose on like a 56-yard touchdown run, but I really don't think you'll see that this weekend. I think that both defenses are that good that they'll be dialed in that nobody really shakes loose. Maybe on a screenplay or something like that, you can get downfield. Um, you know, but the call has to be right on the right hash mark or on the left hash mark, how the defense is set up. Um, it'll take a perfect call, in my opinion, uh, for somebody to, to shake loose on the ground game um, for, for a long run. I think it'll, it's going to take, you know, six, seven, eight play drive to get in the end zone. I just, I don't, I don't see either side giving up big plays. They very, it very well could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to, but I think um, it's going to be a game of ball control. Um, last week, uh, time of possession, Iowa State had the ball 31 minutes. Um, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at it as though, hey, if you can get a couple first downs, you run into fourth and one. Depending on where you're at on the field, maybe you roll the dice. But, I mean, knowing, knowing Kirk Ferentz, he'll, he'll play, it, uh, play his cards close to the vest, go ahead and punt. Uh, put it back in his defense's hands and you know it's like you say I I just this could be a 10 to 7 deal at the half you know I just I don't see a lot of points um, you know and field goal kicking and punting all that hidden yardage is going to be huge so um, you know first one to kind of break um, will be the one that pays for it I think in my estimation so I mean last week Iowa State I they didn't have to show much, and they didn't. 17 first downs, they had nice balance. Seven rushing first downs, nine passing uh, first downs for the Cyclones last week. Um, Purdy, 21 to 26 for 199. Just kind of a day at the office for him, nothing flashy. Um, and then, uh, you know, I look, I look at Iowa um, defensively, and, you know, the linebackers were – Two of the top tacklers, very similar to what Iowa State did last week. Jake Hummel um, had 11 tackles for Iowa State last week. He had Seth Benson with 10 tackles uh, for the Hawks, and, and Jack Campbell with six. So, and you mentioned the interceptions, and Iowa did pick off three passes. Um, a couple of them were just not very good decisions by Penix passing, throwing the ball. And then Iowa's zone coverage, they're always looking for that deflection um, and the safety, um, picking that off or a corner, um, taking that the other way. But, uh, no, I think it's going to be a slobber knocker. I think it's, it's going to be a 60-minute game. I'd be shocked if anybody has a double-digit lead at any point in the game. Um, you know, I think it's just going to come down to, you know, I, I know it's boring for folks to hear this, but execution, you know, offensively and defensively, and then uh, special teams will be huge. So um, any, any final thoughts on, on the game? I know it's huge game. You know, we're blessed with good talent here in the state of Iowa. I'm, I'm glad that these kids get to be showcased in state 
you know, national audience, game days there. Um, you know, kids dream about things like this. So um, I, I can't imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like. I know you, you plan on being there yourself. Um, I'll be, I'll be uh, watching it from the couch. Um, I know I'll have a remote. No channel needs to be changed to. So I got my game plan in place. So uh, should, should be a heck of a football game and a great game to watch. Oh, 100%. And game day did not make the wrong choice here. It's, right. uh, I mean, if you looked at these, these two teams, as we've talked about on paper, and you just took out their, the names and you told me what team, to, what team was what, um, I couldn't tell you the difference. I mean, I think they're literally so identical. Maybe uh, one team has a pull. One way I think Iowa's offense and defensive line um, is a little bit better than Iowa State's. Um, and that's not even a knock to Iowa State because I think Iowa State's offense and defensive yeah. line is solid. You might give a little bit of a lean to Purdy um, mm-hmm. over Petrus. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, I feel true. like the running back game is – really similar and that's a big shout out to Goodson because I think Brees Hall is one of the best in, in all yeah. of college football yeah. um maybe a little bit more receiver wise to Iowa State um mm-hmm. tight ends I feel like are pretty um similar yeah, a Iowa State I, Iowa is it's a tight end it's yeah. literally a factory over there I don't know what Kirk Ferentz puts in those yeah. players but it's yeah. unbelievable yeah. Um, but as far as like the atmosphere and everything, I mean, you're going to have, I think they open the lots at 6 a.m. Uh, for yeah. tailgating. Yeah. So there's not going to be a lot of sober fans in attendance. Right. I'm going to let you know right now. I'm probably going to have a couple adult beverages myself. <laughs> um, but it's going to be insane. It's insanely electric. I think uh, the game day atmosphere uh, two years ago was unbelievable. It was an insane experience to just be a part of. Yeah. If you're not even a fan um, of, of Iowa State or you don't want to go down because you don't have tickets to the game, it, I, I, if you have time on Saturday to go down and just experience college game day because it's not very often it's in this area – Go and experience it for yourself. You have Kirk Herbstreet and all the guys. Uh, You have, you know, putting on the head at the end. You have the guest picker, which we still don't even know who the guest picker is going to be. Um, And it's just a riot. I think it's like a a four, three, four-hour show. It's standing room only. People are going crazy with signs. The signs are some of the funniest things that you can see. Um, and it's, it's just a great time. Uh, it's just a huge party atmosphere. And then obviously it's tailgating in Iowa for football. It doesn't get any better than that. either. if you go to an Iowa or an Iowa state tailgate. So I think honestly, man, I'm just, I'm excited that it's college game day is going to be there. I'm excited for the, the Cyhawk rivalry and I'm excited for what's going to be a, a heck of a game on Saturday. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I just think, it's an outstanding environment for college football, like you said. And, uh, you know, you got Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, Holly Rowe on the sideline. That's the A-team, man. You, you can't – there's nobody better out there um, doing it than those three. And uh, they'll do a good job. I'm anxious to watch some of the pregame coverage. Um, I'm not going to get wore out by it, but I will be checking in on it. So uh, we'll go ahead and pick this game at the end here. Um you can go ahead and fire off your pick, and then I'll do mine or whatnot. Um, kind of a light schedule otherwise, Mitch. We talked about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams. I always say they're traveling around and getting a check. But, uh, you know, there's some other games that just don't have the cachet um, as this game does. Um, the shine kind of wore off uh, the, the uh, Washington-Michigan game that follows Iowa-Iowa State with Montana upsetting Oregon. Um, so, you know, that game, and also you talk about Michigan, I mean, they got the bad news with their wide receiver, Ronnie Bell, 
who's now out for the season. And, uh, I mean, he's a he's a hell of a player. That's going to hurt them here down the line. So, yeah, that, I don't know how you feel about that game or, you know, what your thoughts are there. And, and honestly, like, for it, – it's such a good matchup and game because both teams took a little bit of a lump. Uh, you know, obviously no one expected Montana to go in and beat Washington. Um, I, yeah, I definitely I didn't. Yeah. Um, and then for Michigan, you saw – I mean, granted, against a Western Michigan team that they should handle pretty decently, their offense looks really good. And you had that, that one reception from Ronnie Bell, took it to the house, and then on his uh, next return uh, ends up tweaking his knee, I believe, yeah. and is now out for season. Uh, you know, it's, it's, he's a leader in that receiver room. He's a leader in that offense. He's a leader on that team. And – for Michigan to take a, a big of blow as that is, it's going to be a, dig, a definite hindrance on their season. I, th- I think Michigan was poised to have a, a good year. Not that they haven't had good years in the past. It's just they can't beat that one team. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's going to be hard to beat that one team this year. I'm not going to yeah. look past that at all. Um, but to have that big of an injury to that key of position, it's going to be so hard for them to look past it. And, and then – going into the injury-plagued uh, Big Ten as it is. Uh, and we'll get right into to Mo Ibrahim yeah. on, on that yeah. Thursday night. Very Just took a yeah. uh, took the ball and took a cut. And as soon as it happened, I like my stomach got tight. I knew exactly what yeah. happened. You could see his yeah. calf and something let go. Um, he's out for the rest of the year. Feel um, bad for the kid. I mean, oh, unreal. They were – They were. see anybody get hurt. They were definitely relying on him to be the yeah, the, the back of the of their offense. Really, he had yeah. 30 rushes, 163 yards, and two touchdowns yeah. against the Ohio yeah, State. Lot, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, if if it doesn't tell you how special that kid is, I I don't know how, what else to tell you. And it it really sucks because him coming back for his fifth year. Um, not that he wouldn't have another year to use uh, for COVID eligibility because I think they can go back for a sixth year. Sure. But um, with this injury, you kind of put everything into perspective. Like, hey, yeah. if I can get drafted in the second yeah. or third round, it's probably smarter for me to go or yeah. risk another injury. Yeah. Um, just would have loved to see him fish out his college career in, in Minnesota for the full year and to play in what possibly could have been a bowl game because I, I was honestly shocked on how well Minnesota – Stayed with Ohio State oh, in I that game. They competed very well. Yeah. Extreme. I, 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 I said in the beginning on the other podcast that Ohio State was going to blow them out of the water. I was yeah. close on Olave having yeah. the two touchdowns, yeah. but Michigan really our Michigan, excuse me, Minnesota really surprised me. Um, but those two injuries in the in the Big Ten are huge. It's huge to any team. It's just it really sucks that it happens to be those two teams that Marquee really players, yeah. that relied heavily on both of those guys, especially. Well, you know, you had Illinois, they stubbed their toe. You know, you get the win against Nebraska, and uh, University of Texas, San Antonio comes in and impedes them. Kind of hard to hard to figure that one. I was a little shocked at that outcome. But they're heading out to Virginia. Um, just not quite – I haven't fully bought in on Illinois. Um, that'll be a tough game because I think Virginia's uh, got some talent this year. Brock Oldman and all, I believe it's – it's year three or four out there for him. So, um, you know, traditionally they play good defense. Illinois right now, um, Brandon Peters, who started the Nebraska game, was out this past weekend. And um, Arthur Sikowski, the transfer from Rutgers, had played. And he's just kind of – he's up and down, don't know what you're going to get. So, uh, not real sure about that game. I wouldn't uh, tell anybody 
to do. I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't take your money and put it on anybody on that game. No. So, um, but uh, looking ahead across the conference here, uh, big game in Lincoln um, this weekend with with what's on tap with the trip to to Oklahoma next week. The Huskers are hosting a very good uh, Mid American Conference team in Buffalo, and uh, you know Nebraska. You know, they, they took care of Fordham. They did what they had to do um, and, and beat them and looked good doing it. Um, Buffalo, um, you know, I, I don't know if Husker fans want to hear this or not, but they returned four of their starting five offensive linemen from last year and uh, two really good running backs that backed up Jarrett Peterson, um, who was the All-American running back uh, for the Bulls last season. So um, could be – you know, could be some interesting uh, times in Lincoln this weekend. Um, you know, I, Nebraska, they, they just have to control the football. They have, they have to not turn the ball over, um, get better playing out of their offensive line. And, you know, I think they can be they, – they, they can make some progress here. But, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, you don't want to drop this game at home with having to go to Norman, Oklahoma next. Week. No, yeah, for sure. I think you're cheating off my notes here because you covered <laughs> everything I had. No, uh, but in bold, I have win the turnover battle. Nebraska in their last game had three interceptions. Awesome. Good. You played against Foreman. You're supposed to ball out. Your defense is supposed yeah. to be hungry. But you fumbled the ball four times on offense and lost two of those fumbles. Yeah. You're doing this against a Buffalo team now that is better than Foreman. They ran the ball for 312 yards and passed for 257 against Wagner. I understand Wagner is no yeah. Nebraska. They're not the black shirts. I understand that. Yeah. But they held Wagner to 97 total yards. So their defense is good. You already mentioned that their offense returns four of their five starters. They have a good running back. And, and honestly, throughout this entire year, Adrian Martinez has not impressed me enough to where I feel confident with that offense playing against anyone. I don't care if it's F yeah. FBS, FCS, NAI. I don't feel confident yeah. with him. Yeah. He hasn't proved to me that he is the one that's going to lead Nebraska back to a 6-6 six and six or a 7-8 win season, whatever have you. 17-23 yeah. uh, yeah. for 254 yards, one touchdown, and he had 33 rushing yards for two touchdowns. A lot of those were um, goal line runs. Um, only six incompletions, 254 yards. Understandably, that's nothing to – really gawk at but again it is against a team that you are expected to mow over yeah. you did mow over but mm -hmm. when you do that you have to clean up the areas where you were yeah. inefficient at and that is the turnover battle because if you turn this ball over Buffalo's going to keep the ball for most of the time they're going to yeah. run heavy and they, they don't care if you have a defense yeah. that can try to stop it or not their offense is good enough to where they're going to line up with anyone they're confident with their running backs that they're going to run it they heavy 70-30 or 80-20 yeah. even. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you give them extra opportunities by fumbling the ball or having Martinez turn the ball over, this game isn't a chalk up an easy W for Nebraska. No, it's it's definitely not one you want to look away from. And I think a lot of it will be, as you've said before, is them looking ahead to Oklahoma, the juggernaut that is Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, although Oklahoma didn't play the greatest no. in week one either. No. Don't get caught looking ahead if you're Nebraska because then you can end end up week three being one and two, and that's nowhere near where Nebraska fans or Scott Frost or this team thought they would be at. Yeah, exactly. And this Buffalo outfit is a team that, you know, you look up at the clock, they start the drive, um, you know, nine minutes 
um, you know, say nine minutes left in the quarter, they, they, they're patient enough. They're going to use a whole play clock, snap the ball, turn around, hand off. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a game where the clock's shrinking on you. Yeah, and they maybe, play. Maybe it's a one-score game the whole way, and then a mistake is made. You know, I, I'm just saying, man, because in Buffalo, you know, they're not a big team to throw the ball. You know, you're right. They want it in third and two, third and three, manageable. They're going to roll their quarterback out, give him an underneath, underneath route, and then one over the top. He's going to have two choices. They just – I've watched them play before. They play dealer's choice. They'll take what you give them. And, you know, they're patient enough to to really cause some problems in Lincoln on Saturday. So yeah, they play really I, – I, I know that game starts at, at 2.30. You know, you and I have plans at 3.30, but I'm going to be watching <laughs> – this game, just to see how – because they're, the tempo of Buffalo offensively will dictate how this game plays out. But if Nebraska can force a turnover to defensively, they may take charge. But I just think this is a game that's going to be a four-quarter football game. Definitely. And a game that will start a little bit before then, that's the Fox Big Noon kickoff. We'll talk Oregon comes to town to play in the horseshoe at Ohio State. And before week one, you know, this game, they've, they've played it a couple times, has been a great game. It kind of worries me how Oregon played last week against Fresno State, though. Fresno State, not a dominant powerhouse. You, I, I don't think any of us had them in the, in the final four. Um, you know, we have our Clemsons, Alabamas, and Ohio States and stuff like that. So now Oregon, you play a close game against Fresno State, and you have to come to town to play Ohio State. Look out. Uh, this this yeah. offense is ready to explode. Mayan Williamson, who actually, fun fact, was committed at one time to Iowa State. I read that. Um, rushed, rushed for nine yards, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Olave, four catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. Literally, wherever they want the ball to put the ball, they were going to put the ball. And I think um, you had a mature growth for their quarterback and their offense as the game went on, they took a little bit of a, a punch from Minnesota that they I don't think that they were expecting. They matured in that game. It's going to be an absolute raucous house in, in, in Ohio State, and I think Oregon has their work cut out for them. I think this game could get away from Oregon actually yeah. really quick. Yeah, I, uh, And I, that's, that's a big new kickoff. That's going to start your week for college football. It's the big marquee matchup there. Yeah. Then you go to the Iowa-Iowa State game, and then uh, you have the night game with uh, Minnesota in Washington, I believe, is another kind of a bigger one. Michigan-Washington, excuse me. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I mean, you talk about an early wake-up call. You got Oregon. I don't know when they're setting their alarms because that's an 11 a.m. Central kickoff. I mean, they, you know, they're looking at, you know, a couple different time zones they're crossing here. So it'll be in the Eastern time zone. So that's me an early wake-up call for them and I, I I just think Ohio State's going to jump on them from the from the word go and and handle their business there so um it should turn into shirts and skins game second half in my opinion and uh I think Ohio State fans are they're looking forward to welcoming home their 1-0 Buckeyes so um that's kind of my thoughts on that we can go ahead and wrap up the program with our Iowa Iowa State pick uh you're my buddy you're my friend um, go ahead, and you can go first, and then I'll go second. Here. All right, so I got Hawkeyes by fifth. No, you got your – no, come on. <laughs> I have in overtime, okay. in overtime, yeah. Iowa yeah. State wins by a field goal, 24-21. Okay. Okay. Go Cyclones. Okay. All right, fair enough. I've got uh, I got the Hawk coming out 24-20 on top. I think it's going to be a close game the whole way. 
Um, I think Iowa scores late and uh, gets a defensive stand there in the end um, to, to really keep the eyeballs and audience on this game. So I just I look for a, a good, well-played game, clean football game. Um, two very good teams that are going to go on to have good seasons regardless. Um, it's not the end of the world for either one of them if no, they lose. absolutely not. Uh, everything's still in front of them. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. And uh, just enjoy it. I mean, the state of Iowa's uh, on blast this weekend. So, you know, I just hope people have fun with it and um, see a, see a well-played football game. Definitely. If, if you rep Cardinal and Gold are black and yellow, it's it's no matter what, this weekend's a good day for Iowa football, no matter yeah, what, exactly. in, in, the, in the college atmosphere. And, and I, I know that we even have some, some good high school games that are going to be played in, in the state of Iowa. So just yeah. all in all, the weekend for, yeah. for Iowa football is going to be one to remember, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good talent on Friday night, and then uh, Iowa talent showcased on Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. So looking forward to it. Mitch, thanks again. We'll look forward to recapping that Iowa-Iowa State game and kind of take a peek at uh, what went on across both the Big Ten and Big 12 next week. Thanks again to our sponsor, uh, Firehouse and Docs. Be sure to get there on the weekend here. Um, beer's cold. I'm sure they're waiting for you. Uh, Paulie will have some game snacks down there. And uh, everybody keep the peace down there and have a good time. So uh, Look forward to discussing the results uh, from this week. Uh, next week this time, Mitch, thanks again. No problem.